dropping her voice to a whisper and leaning towards me. I have Delphine. She is no ordinary child, you see. She is asleep now, of course, so it may be a little difficult for you to believe. But this child, she can fight armies and slay dragons. I have seen it with my own eyes. I have seen her lift an elephant and its rider with a single hand. No. I am entirely safe with Delphine. Otherwise, of course, I would never travel alone. It is far too dangerous. What about you, monsieur? Are you not afraid? No, of course you are not afraid, she smiled. You are a man. I've never left England before, I stammered. I've never travelled so far or had to make myself understood in another language. Three times I decided I must take the next mail coach back to Calais. I've never felt so much of a coward. She laughed, her voice mesmerizing in the darkness. There it is, Paris. See the lights ahead, on the horizon? We'll be there by dawn. Imagine. She stopped suddenly, gazing out toward the flattened shapes of the distant hills. Sometimes it's easier to see all that water in the darkness. I can't see any water, I said, confused. She pointed from right to left. Everything you see from there to there, the entire Paris basin, was underwater thousands of years ago. Paris was just a hollow in the seafloor there. There were cliffs of chalk over there, see, where the land began. Picture it. Giant sea lizards swimming around us, oysters and corals beneath us, creatures with bodies so strange we couldn't possibly imagine them crawling across the seabed. Later, when the water retreated, the creatures pulled themselves onto the rocks to make new bodies with scales and fur and feathers. Mammoths wandered down from the hills to drink from the Seine, under the same moon as this one, calling to one another. That's a strange thing to think about, I said. Oui, she laughed. I suppose it is. But I think about it often, though, this earth before man. I look at the fossils in the rocks, the remains of that time so long ago, and I think about how late we came. Even the sea slugs appeared before we did. It took thousands of years for these bodies of ours to take shape, for our clever eyes and our curious brains to come to be. And now that we are big and strong, we think everything belongs to us, that we know and own everything. Come to be? I said, surprised and a little alarmed. So you think species have changed? You're a student of Professor Lamarck, the transformist. I was once, she said. Lamarck is right about most things. Species are not fixed. Everything is changing all the time. The animals, the people, the hills, even the little things, skin, hair, everything is constantly renewing itself, taking new shapes. Just think of what we have come from. Simple sea creatures, with no eyes or hearts or minds. Then think of what we might yet become. Doesn't that excite you? She ran her fingers across the child's face. She, Delphine the Dragon Slayer, stirred, her eyes flickering open for a moment, and then closing again. Paris is riddled with infidels, Professor Jameson had warned me back in Edinburgh, they are poets, these French transformists, not men of science. 
They dream up notions about the origins of the Earth and the transmutation of species. Castles in the air. Most of them are atheists, too. Heretics. Steer clear. Jameson had not mentioned that there were women who had studied with Lamarck. I wondered what he would make of this infidel sitting beside me now. I would have to record this conversation in my notebook, I thought. Jameson would want a report. He would want to know the kind of words she used, what she had read, whom she talked to. So did I. It will get bigger, you know, she said, her eyes shining in the dark with a touch of malevolence. What will? The city. It doesn't look so big now at night, but it will swallow you up. Are you not afraid? Yes, I smiled. Yes, of course I'm afraid. Paris aroused complicated feelings in me then.